Turning Little Stones, the podcast that takes a fresh look at the fascinating world of young children. As a parent, experienced childcare professional, and early years consultant, I get how much we dream good things for our children. We start out hopeful and confident, and yet somehow the daily reality can feel more like a grind than a gift. And so we easily miss out on the joys of these fleeting early years. Over time, I've come to realize that to give our children the best start in life, we first need to recognize what's going on inside them in secret. There is some great research out there, and my heart is to make some of this relatable for everyone. And so throughout these weekly podcasts, I hope that whoever you are, parent, family carer, childminder, practitioner, anyone who spends time with young children can take a moment each week to reinterpret what our children are doing and why. And by doing so, I have seen countless exasperated, bewildered, exhausted carers become re-energized and inspired as they find easy ways to connect with what their young children are naturally eager to do. A little like turning over a pebble in a rock pool to discover a hidden world tucked away. We too will look at our children with fresh eyes and delight in being part of their journey. Today, I'd like to say hello to Lauren, who's come to talk to us about baskets of treasures, and we're going to have a chat around that. Um, some people might know them as treasure baskets, but really, we're just going to explore what they are, some of the wonderful ideas behind it, why they are so useful, and uh, hopefully inspire some of our listeners um, to have a go and uh, make one for yourselves or your children. And we'll see where it goes. But welcome, Lauren. Hello. Hiya. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us about your family and, and where you first came across Treasure Baskets. Um, well, I've got a family of three. I've got two boys and a daughter. Um, and I was really fortunate to have met a friend um, at another playgroup, funny enough, um, that knew of um, a local group, um, which was actually Montessori, but they did um, baby groups, um, which was treasure baskets and heuristic play. Um, and I was just really lucky to, you know, be introduced to it um, and went along one one week with uh, a group of us, actually. Um, and that was it. I was there every week um, and I went with all three of the children because um, I just love the ethos, um, the calmness and the simplicity of it. So you were saying you'd been to some groups before with yes. your firstborn. Yes. And and some sometimes it was a bit manic. Yes. Yeah, little toddler um, groups, that sort of thing. Yes. We, um, I found it interesting. I started with baby massage, um, which I really, really did enjoy. Um, I think it's... Again, it's more just you and your child um, based, whereas as it progressed on, all the children were obviously moving around and we'd meet at these other groups and there was lots of toys, lots of very noisy toys um, and lots of, no just generally, not lots of noise. Um, and the 
you know, the time that you're going there is just to spend time with you and your baby or your child um, becomes just chaotic of just managing all these other children and, you know, perhaps speaking more to the parents more than what I was actually focusing just on my child. So um, when I got introduced to um, the baskets of treasure, um, it just brought me back to, you know, how I felt when I, I did the baby massage um, and just, you know, watching your child amazed by all these objects in this basket of the most simple simple items and took you away from um, a lot of the loud, brightly coloured yeah. toys that I was seeing in all the other playgroups. Mm. Um, so... My eldest son didn't actually... I didn't do the treasure baskets with him. I went into heuristic play, but because I loved it so much that both of the other children were fortunate to have experienced the uh, the treasure baskets and then for me to also make them at home. So That's yeah. brilliant. So you could experience... All, all these parents, carers, were able to experience treasure baskets through this group yeah. but they sat with their own children seeing what their children were doing and and exploring with them I think that's lovely yeah it's um more focused it's just you as a parent being more focused on the on your child I mean obviously I, it's nice to engage with other parents and mm. you know talk about experiences and um as such but when you was actually in this group um you just I just found like it was you just completely focus on your child and what they were interested in and just how they responded to the items that you've presented. That's them. lovely because you will have noticed what your child is naturally in interested in. Yeah. And then when you went home, when created your own heuristic treasure baskets, you could you could use some of those same items but also add to them. I, I think that's lovely. Yeah. Wow, really good. So, I mean, the whole idea of heuristic play, well, let's unpack what heuristic play means. It comes from the Greek word erisko, and I think that means something about discovery, yeah. hands-on discovery. Um, so that's it sounds of it. I, turning stones, we don't like to use too much jargon, but yeah. actually this is quite meaningful, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. it is, you know, what it is, it's just mm. um, explore. it's really exploring the nature of the world, isn't it? It's yeah. just um, creating that intrigue and um, wanting to see, feel and be part of um, yeah. what we've got, you know, yeah. in our lives. Because the baby is born... Having heard quite a bit of, you know, in the world before they were born, while they were still in the womb, they could have, they, they were tasting things, they were hearing things, and they were experiencing things through their senses, and then they're born. Mm. And, and yet now they're piecing it together, aren't they? They're seeing things for the first time and are making sense. They're seeing things, they're feeling things and the texture, the curiosity is there. So, so this little sense machine <laughs> is just evolving yeah. after they're born. Yeah. So. And just wanting to, it is just that, um, I just love the fact that you can see their eyes light up. Yes. Um, and interesting how everything, you know, they, they like the feel and the texture, but it's the 
the need to put things in their mouths and um, explore and obviously smell and taste and um, and as long as obviously um, it's all as natural as possible they're not going to do themselves any harm and you interestingly see when they don't like the experience of something in their mouth how they you know, reject it and, you know, it all helps yes. them with their development later on as well. And that curiosity where they've put something in their mouth and ugh, it's come out straight away, but then they might gradually try it again and see see whether they can put it in their mouth without it having that effect. effect. Yeah. Um, so we're going to be talking a bit about safety and hygiene and stuff later, but... but yeah, that's that's really what you're doing. You've created, you're creating a basket with a lot of natural objects and things that they're showing curiosity about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's just, um, as you know, they like texture as well. So um, I found with mine just simple things like shells and nuts um, and obviously different pieces of um, as natural material, sponge. Um, they just they just love the texture and the feel of it all. And it, as long as you know that obviously it's of, you know, it's of no danger to them, they can't help themselves, but it just, um, it just feeds their need to explore their surroundings, I guess, as well. I think a lot of us as adults, we... we we really want to provide the best, all of us, we want to provide the best things for our children. And sometimes we just get it a tiny bit wrong. And sometimes it's too much sensory stimulation. And sometimes it's too little. Mm. Um, and it sounds to me about those groups that you were talking about, that actually it was overwhelming. There were too many bright, jangly, sparkly, too much noise, too much too much going on in some of those other groups. Yeah, and I think um, I found with a lot of the toys, when you first go along, you think, oh, these are amazing, we need to get this yeah. for at home, this is going to do that for them, this is going to teach them shapes, this is yeah. going to teach them how to, um, you know, know their alphabet. And when you look at them, they're all doing the same thing and you kind of... It's confusing. Is it trying to teach you a shape? Is it trying to teach you a colour? Is it trying to teach you the sound? It, it was just all too much. And I found with my children that after a small, you know, time spent with them, they would kind of just throw it aside. And because I, for me, it, I think it was it was too stimulating, and that they just yeah. it was it's confusing. You yeah. know, what what is this thing? Um, whereas with a lot of the items that are in the treasure baskets, I think they're kind of moving towards practical life skills as well. Um, you know, just the feeling and you you can, as they develop, you show them the motions or where they're used and they're all just skills that they will later on, you know, use. They're manipulating um, things, just, aren't they? Yeah. Just, and just silly things like the wooden, um, I've got a wooden... Um, toothbrush yeah. you know it just they do automatically goes in their mouth and it's just all it's stimulating for them the the feeling of it but it's also preparing them for when they do have to start using a toothbrush yeah. Yeah. or when you as a parent are trying to introduce a toothbrush it's not that 
you know, the fear of or, yes. or the not liking having something in their mouth. It just, mm. they've already ex been experiencing it just with some of the items that you've got in the yeah. in the um, treasure baskets. It's just yeah. such simple, yeah. everyday items um, that, you know, moving on, that it, it helps develop their skills as well, but it obviously gains their interest a lot as well. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I... I on the converse of that, so you've got these toys and and situations and environments, actually. We often think our children want to be in really colourful, loud, jangly types of environments, but actually the, the natural materials are quite settling. Yeah. So, yeah, so we've got the too much sense stimulation that many of us kind of fall into. Um, and... There's also too little. I mean, I look at some of these gorgeous, gorgeous little sleep suits and car seats and lovely that or children almost cocooned but actually with the the car seat they've got something all the way around their head and their ears they won't be able to hear as much um quite often their hands are tucked into snuggly things that look so gorgeous that you know you just look at them i can see the appeal but actually their hands are not able to reach out and get things um toes as well yeah so, so sometimes we for the best of reasons just because we we fall in love with these snuggly little things for our babies we are depriving them a little bit of um exploring the world their new world through their senses yeah and it's everything well it's through your hands it imprints your brain it's just that whole it gets your senses going and you know so here again, you know, they're not plastic items. We're, we're going to be talking about what they are in a minute. But, you know, you've got texture, you've got things that will really stimulate their sense curiosity. Yeah. yeah. And just, I don't know, like you can, you know, smells as well. You've yeah. you had, um, well, we've got a, a bean bag here, but, you know, you can fill these with, um, you can make them at home, you can fill them with lavender, so they've got the smell and the, it's not going to, I know it's, it's not going to harm them if they put that in their mouths, but it's just that whole yeah. um, experience of touch, taste and smell as well that are just, um, yeah. you know, it's, it's just, it's all so easy and that really is all, it's all they need to explore. Um, you could put one of those in the freezer and you could put one of them in the microwave yes. for a few seconds and that you know there's a thermal difference as well isn't there yeah yeah yeah, yeah. thank you so what we're saying is babies arrive in this world with a dominant question that they're asking. They can't speak it, obviously, but they're just asking that question, what is it? Because the whole world is new to them. And quite often we put things out of the reach of our babies or we prevent them. Yeah. So that, that question is quite frustrating if we, if we prevent them from asking that question. So this basket, of treasures is allowing them ample time and really rich resource of asking that question over all sorts of objects. What is it? What is the brush? What is, I don't know, what is that smooth shell um, 
What is, what have you cut out that we've you've got, got there? Oh, we've got, um, it's a uh, tea strainer. It's just... Yeah, the tongs, you know, actually, yeah. They, you, sh you can show them, but they automatically, that's yeah. in their hand, squeezing and just that whole... But even it's, as silly as that, it's, they're using their pincer grips yeah. eventually and that eventually, then moves yeah. on into... Yeah. That's how we write, isn't it? Using our it pincer grip. But it's just that um, these are just little wooden eggshells. You know, that's that's just beaded a, all the way around as yeah, well, isn't it's, it? It's a little egg-shaped shaker, musical shaker. But you've got texture around yeah, it as well. Yeah, I think well. it's like a oil um, mm. or acrylic paint that's... Um, oh, it's, it? So it's got mm. a texture, it's... it's it's all very natural and it's just, um, yeah. that, I mean, they like sound as well, don't they? They like to hear yeah. um, noises and what they can, that's perfect size for their little hands yeah. to grasp onto. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But silly things, even shells, like nut shells, walnuts, yeah. um, it's the texture, but also, you know, there is an element of sound. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, I think sometimes... Um, I've experienced it with other parents, just that fear of them putting items in their mouth, whereas, you know, that's not that's not going to harm them. They're, they're gaining us, you know, they're getting the texture and the feel of it on their mouth. And like I say, if, they, if they're not keen on it, mm. Mm. or it, they reject it, and again, that develops their um, gag reflux as well. So you kind of... Um, I, I, for one, was really worried about them putting things in their mouth. But when you actually learn that actually it's given them them skills that will, like, again, help them later on yeah. um, for choking, you know, if they did choke on anything, if they got older or put anything in their mouth, that this does help stimulate their gag reflexes. Um, so, again, that it just helps them That's develop. That's really interesting. So, actually, something that looks unsafe because they're using it in a very controlled environment because we're never going to leave our child alone with the, the treasure basket, no. are we? You're always going to be there. The carer is going to be present at all times. So, the fact that they've got something that could potentially... Um, produce a sort of gagging reflex is actually giving them the skills for those times when they're not going to have a carer present yeah. or they may not have a carer present that they they they've practiced a gagging reflex yeah is that what you're saying yeah that's a really interesting point it so yes because yeah. obviously the age that you know that you can introduce these um I mean, I'd sit with my... Because I, I obviously found um, the items and made my own treasure basket to have at home. I'd be able to sit with them, you know, from when they're holding their heads up, really, and you can sit with them on your lap or to where they can lean on you. Um, yeah, from that being age, a body you know, three, four, mm. four months, mm. um, you're with them the whole time while they're playing with them. Um, and it's, you know... Mine even went back to when they was older, a lot yeah. older. You know, I feel like if they just wanted time out, again, you know, later on, they, it, it was always on the shelf. Yeah. Um, and they'd just go and, and it kind of, like, almost relaxing, you know, just the time out. Yes, yes. But, yeah, sort of from the age of three, four months, um, especially from when they are able to sit as well, it, yeah. it would it would really keep them intrigued for a long time, long period of time. So this is a kind of um, 
I suppose, a two-part, really. We're, we're talking today about um, the object, the, the reasoning behind treasure baskets and the objects we might want to include. And um, we've got a follow-on podcast um, in not too, too many weeks, which is about how to introduce your child to the, the treasure basket. So those of you who are interested, this gives you a few weeks to, <laughs> to buy one. And yeah. uh, um, so, so perhaps we could talk about the practicalities. So we've, we've got a, a round basket. It was probably about 25 centimetres in diameter, is it? Um, nice low. It's sturdy, but it's, it's quite low, which means that if, if a child does kind of put their weight against the side of it, it's not likely to topple. Um, they can see things very easily. They can reach inside very easily. It should be full of things. So, you know, they will be reaching, obviously, for the things that are at the top to start with, but you can evolve it. You can put some things that are at the bottom at the top for another time. Um, you can add to it, you know, if your child is interested in brushes and texture, you can get little plastic brushes, like pastry brushes as well, can't you? As well as toothbrushes or clean shoe polish brushes. Yeah, we've got, we've got uh, nail oh, brushes. nail brushes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they love the nail brush. This is a, a body brush, so they can kind of, you know, what well, it's normally just they like to feel the bristles start yeah, off with, but, you but know, you, can, you naturally, as a carer, you... You do. You pick them up in the way that they're used, and you can gently rub it onto their hands. So again, it's developing their skills eventually that they'll also be doing, you know, very similar. But it's just the I don't know. I think we automatically pick items up and do what they're purposely for. But you find with babies that it's, you know, whatever they feel, what they need to do with it for them to get what they need from. From yeah. that item, so rich, so rich. Talk about what the things that we've put in, or you've put in. Yeah. Um, well, I've got. Uh, I guess it's a loofah brush. Um, it's like a little mitt. Isn't yeah, it? this mm. one's a mitt, but I know the one that I had previously. I had a loofah in as well, but I mean, obviously, it, this it is just the texture, and you tend to find that that would also go into their mouth as well. That, um, you know, it's just one of them items that you've they put into their mouth but we've got um cones from trees obviously um i've cleaned them i've soaked them in water to start off with um so they're all uh, nice and clean but we've got uh wooden spoons and uh, a pastry brush i i mean there are some items obviously that are plastic but i, I it's more like this as another pastry brush but yes, it's a, it a rubberized and yeah. again just because of the feel of that mm. that they would mm. like but mm. I, I mean i've i've tried to keep them as natural as possible with either metals or wood mm. um mm. you know just to, and shells we've got uh, there's pebbles um mm. we've got um pastry cutters mm. brushes mm. um just yeah all you know just items that i've kind of a lot of them I've been able to find um, out and about um, in You've shops. Got things really. with like containers as well. We've got a, yes. a, a glasses case, um, a nice soft one, haven't we? So yeah, that's yeah. you know just the, and then there's also yeah. um, little jars, glass jars, which you can leave empty because 
they also, as they get older, the, they they like twisting yes, yes. Uh, lids on and off. They really enjoy putting lids on and off. But to start off with, you can fill them with, you can fill them with shells or buttons just for another, you know, one for sound. Um, but it is, I mean, I've I've got stuff from hardware stores. We go to the beach and into the woods, and I've picked things up that I know that's safe. Um, yeah. I always obviously make sure that they're washed, um, but it's just to make sure that they're safe and there's nothing yes. that would harm them in any way. Yeah. Um, but again, that develops as they get older. You can add um, just silly things like plugs and, you know, just stuff Dangly that you know. things. Yeah, that things that dangle, they're, yeah. they're quite fun, aren't they? Yeah, yeah they yeah. just, you know, that they're, you know, once they're moving that they are off and they are wanting more stimulation but you can kind of introduce stuff within a safe environment within the baskets mm -hmm. um yeah. they're really lovely and it's a beautiful resource and again everybody's is going to be slightly different so you can buy these things you can buy filled treasure baskets on the market um and you know People know what they're do doing and yeah. put them together. I think there's something lovely about producing your own and making your own, you know, a, an empty basket of this quality isn't going to be too expensive. And yet somehow people who fill them with <laughs> bits and bobs yeah. from anywhere and everywhere, um, you know, it puts puts the price up a wee bit um the other thing we probably ought to mention is having some sort of mat maybe a neutral colored mat i always used to have that folded on the top and it became a lid so that when i'd cleaned the the items in the basket and i knew they were fit for purpose for another time the mat actually prevented it from getting dirty so yeah. uh, uh, I don't know what sort of mats do you use. Um, I, I've used um, just material um, rollout mats. You know, like the natural cotton that you yeah. can wash them as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, if I've been on holiday, if I've gone away um, on a holiday or um, gone somewhere where you know the children might need some kind of entertainment, the mats mm. was a brilliant idea, like you say, to use as a lid, but also to you know you've put that on the floor and it's clean and that you know it's yeah, yeah. you know it's your own you've you've cleaned it all yourself in preparation so yes. um that's what's really good that they are maneuverable as well without you know again they're not big bulky toys that are needing to be taken everywhere they're quite um easy to move around yeah definitely so if um I'm just sort of imagining some of our listeners maybe saying, oh, that's all very well, but what about safety? What are, you know, especially in the group situation that you were talking about, you know, how how do the leaders make sure that everything's clean and safe for the next child? Um, can we talk about safety and hygiene routines? And yeah, I mean, um, again, it's, you know, a friend's over with children. They, they are the thing, you know, that the babies it's the thing that they all go for so um again automatically you tend to find that a lot of the items are placed into the mouth so <clears throat> i just used to put the you know once they've played with an item put it aside yeah. and then i would go to wash it before obviously yeah. it was used again um 
And that's the same, you know, in, when we've done it within a group setting, um, it, we would just hand them over to the, the leader and they would wash them. Um, but also, you know, on a regular basis, just to check that there are no, you know, pieces that are broken off. It's the same with the cones. This is all quite solid. Um, they're quite hard to break off, but again, it's just to make sure that you know that they're they're all in 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 uh, one piece. Um, and again, with the brushes, I tend to sort of give them a wash. Yeah. I used to wash them on a regular basis. And I think if I were giving this to somebody else or doing it with another parent, I would. I think I might ask them check that they're comfortable with everything, and and obviously some. Some allergies we've got to be careful of as well. So you've got so you've got n seeds and nuts in nuts, there, yeah. which is is fine. But you, we do need to make sure that they um, they're safe um, for for that. But also, it's a way of sharing the you know not being too risk averse for other parents. Some you know they might go, oh my goodness, I don't want that in there, but just. Just by saying, okay, we'll take that one out. Yeah. Um, and then maybe she that that parent could actually see a different child oh. using it and actually be become a bit more relaxed. Some of the items when I first went, I did think, oh, can they? Yeah. Is that okay? Is that okay? And like you say, being with other parents that are like-minded or that have also already experienced them, you kind of you do gaining confidence that you have to entrust in the child and. Um, but obviously all within safe, safe, you know, grounds, but, um, yeah. it just feeds their curiosity and that's basically, you know, what they're all about, aren't they? It's the curiosity of the world and you want them to be curious of the world. As adults, as children going through school, the more curious they are, the more they knowledge they gain. Um, so it is just feeding uh, curiosity that they've got a need for. So that's what's the, so beautiful about the baskets, I find. Thank you so much, Lauren. You've, you've really helped us look into this and unpack it and I'm sure the listeners will be really curious and, and interested to take it further um, I know that you've sort of half alluded to and it's not for today <laughs> but um, later heuristic play activities um, so I just wonder whether we could just before we close ask you roughly how what age are we talking about uh for creating this treasure basket and then maybe what next for the, for another age group um so uh, i mean within a setting um which i know there's not to be fair i know there's not actually that much opportunities for treasure baskets um classes but the, I initially started going from about five and a half months. Yeah. Um, but with my second um, child, knowing obviously more about them, um, it was something I introduced from when, you know, they you can see they're, you know, interested in looking around. Um, I used to sit with them on my lap uh, or obviously when they're at the stage where they can kind of lean on you. So... You know, ideally, I'd say three, four months. Um, and then it starts getting a little bit more trickier when they're, you know, able to crawl and move, which 
um, yeah. to start off with is fine, but then obviously they they they're interested in more. Yeah. So um, the next um, the next stage was the early heuristic play, um, which again we absolutely loved the the heuristic play. Um, so we're talking about sort of 10 months or so. And yeah. so maybe we could have another podcast on that and, yeah. and, and create some play sets and introduce those to our listeners because we cannot emphasise enough what an amazing resource. Because it's all, all, you know, yeah. all, all moving towards their fine motor skills and that's yeah. what the beauty of the baskets are. But again, moving on to the heuristic play when it's, again, mainly household items that yes. intrigue them um, and they start to use and, you know, in the way that we would use them. It all, mm. it all again, just carries on their curiosity in the world doesn't it thank you well thank you so much lauren for sharing this with us it's been great just one note of caution to our listeners can you please spend these next few weeks making your own or sourcing your own but try and uh, refrain from sharing it with your child before you listen to a future podcast where we'll talk about how or the best way of sharing it with our children but um Thank you so much again. Thank, Thank you. you for being here. And uh, until next time, we'll just say bye. Goodbye. Thank you. It just leaves me to say thank you for listening to this episode of Turning Little Stones. We hope it's given you some food for thought and maybe some ideas to try. As always, you'll find the show notes for this episode together with further information, episodes and resources by heading over to our website, www.com turninglittlestones.com. So until next time, goodbye.